Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. ฉันเป็นพอดแคสต์ชอบเนี่ยสาบเนี่ยยูอาร์ลิสเซนต์ทูเอพิโซดวันฮันเดอร์แอนด์เอทตี้วันซัมเมอร์ออฟซาบเน
if you need a male and a female presenter for anything, hey, I'm setting myself up yeah. Oh, Fuck what? you, Morg. I'm out. Oh, I'm out this bitch. Yes. This is Sat taking TV a... featuring me and Lauren. Yes. Gee, well, this is taking a massive turn. I was not expecting, but no, I will agree with you. She's very funny. Her social media is second to none. And throughout this conversation, we're just going to have a really nice insight into everything going on. We talk the real stress and pressure behind making this debut studio album, her love for alternative bands like Weezer, some very straightforward lyrics. The fact that not only does she have DJ Lethal, but Brandon B. Brown of Wheatus featuring on new material, some evil tour curses, imposter syndrome, and a lot of exciting things over the summer, including the fact that she will be performing live at 2000 Trees Festival yes. in July at Cheltenham, and we cannot wait for that. No, no, we can't. Yeah, let's have her involved in the podcast at 2000 Trees, please, because she's very, very funny. And more people need to hear about her, definitely. Yeah, and there's a lot of excitement at the festival for her set. Of course, 2000 Trees not only bring you a phenomenal lineup every year, but produce an atmosphere like no other. It's one of our favorite events every summer. And this year's lineup is absolutely stacked. You've got the likes of The Regrets, who Lauren's done a track with in the past playing, Gurley, Zand, Creeper, Boston Manor, Bukovi, Young Guns, Nova Twins, and of course, the likes of You Me at Six, Turnstile, Thrice, Jimmy Eat World, and Idols, who will be headlining the event, is one not to miss. And if you're thinking, ooh, that sounds really good, I'd like to get myself down to 2000 Trees Festival, well, by listening to this podcast, they've given you an exclusive discount code for 10% off all your tickets. If you head over to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets, enter the promo code SAPNIN at the top of the page, you get 10% off all your tickets. So there's no excuse not to go and see Lauren Hibbert live at 2000 Trees this July. Yes, and also while we're on 2000 Trees, um, on the Saturday, they're doing this mad thing where they put the headliners on first, I believe, or something, something like that. So if you check out the cave stage on the Saturday, you get Friday. to see the headliners. You're, you're, playing, fri- you're playing Friday. Uh, Friday, we fucking dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in, man. <laughs> Leave it in. I am going to fucking clue. Yeah. So anyway, yes, uh, they're doing upside down headliners on the Friday. I completely realized that Friday is the middle day of trees, and that's why I thought, um, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah, so turn up, 12 o'clock Friday, the cave stage, the headliners are playing there. I won't say any more, but if you're massively disappointed, fight the front man of our band who watch it. Because it'll be me! Yes, my band Raiders are playing. At Raiders Band UK on the socials, check it out. Please, for the love of God, Raiders UK on streaming services, please give us a listen, because um, it would be nice that anybody gives a shit whatsoever. So, um, (laughs) yes, can't wait for 2000 Trees. It's going to be a fucking fantastic midweek to weekend. So, yes, 2003sfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. Yes, we cannot wait for that. It's going to be a true highlight. Um, And before we go into this conversation, uh, if we could take a quick moment. Normally, we would mention um, our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin, and the whole community we've kind of built through there. But we just would like to take a serious moment with some very sad and heartbreaking news that's happened this week with one of our beloved friends, community members, and just... Larger than life personalities. Yes. Um, sadly, this week, our close friend Ryan Chisholm passed away. Um, 
due to mental health, I believe. If anybody's out there struggling, please, you're not alone. Reach out to anybody, reach out to us. And we just want to send a lot of love to his family. We're thinking of you. And yeah, he's a fa- great person, fantastic supporter of this podcast. I loved spending time with him. I'm going to miss him. But yeah, if you're struggling, please uh, reach out to friends, family, the Samaritans. There's loads of different charities and numbers for you to check out and call. Yeah, so this episode is dedicated to Ryan Chisholm, who was one of the main supporters of women in music. I've never met anybody more supportive of women in music. Yeah, so this one's for him. We love you very much. Yeah, Ryan was a a big part of so many people's lives in the music industry and the overwhelming things of support we've seen on social media the last couple of days has been been incredible and it's just really, really heartbreaking to, to hear the news. So... Just wanted to send love to to all his loved ones and his family and everything and um, hope everyone's doing okay. But with that being said, let's take a moment to have a laugh and enjoy life and just get a little bit silly with the wonderful Lauren Hibbard, whose debut album comes out this summer and we can't wait to see what happens next. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes, this week's guest is pop rock princess, soon to be superstar, Lauren Hibbard. How are you? I mean, that's a pretty good intro. I feel good off the bat. <laughs> I try. To be honest. It's all good. All right, thank you for joining us. That was this <laughs> week's episode. That's it. That's it. Oh. 
Oh, brilliant. But no, Good how's stuff. things going with you at the moment uh, in the camp? I'm sure it's just excitement leading up to this record. Yeah, things are good. It's like making an album's fun, putting it out is kind of stressful, but I'm loving it. I, I did not anticipate the amount of stuff that goes into making a record beyond making a record. But apart from that, I'm feeling it. I'm having a good time. I'm having fun. Nice. Well, what was it? What was it about putting a record out that surprised you most? There's just so many elements to to making an album. I think having gone from just releasing a ton of singles, a couple of EPs, um, they're quite easily put together. And when it comes to like a full body of work, there's a lot that goes into everything in terms of timeline wise. You need a really long build up for all of these things. I'm like last minute Lauren. So like, when someone's like, oh, we need artwork for that by tomorrow, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's the way I roll. And that's not how making an album works. <laughs> ahead of the game, which I've struggled with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to be prepared, as yeah. uh, adults would say. But It's that. It's the preparation. Bloody <laughs> yeah. adults. You ruin everything, yeah. don't you, adults? Uh, prof- <laughs> professionalism. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we... We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're glad we've got you on because there's so much we want to talk about. It's a very exciting time for you. But before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, very important question to start off. Obviously, it's apparent that you're a massive dog lover. Oh, yeah. But my question to you is, where's the weirdest place you have found the poo bag lately? The weirdest place? Oh, okay. This is a good one. So <laughs> I find poo bags like in my bed, like... Obviously, like in every single pocket that I have. Wait, in the no, wait, wait. They're empty, right? They're empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, thank God. Thank God for that. I thought somebody was, plant- <laughs> somebody was planting dog turds around the house. I mean, that would be cool if there was, you know, that would be a very different story if I woke up in the night to like a filled poo bag. Next oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I've got that's a ghost who just happens to be a dog and uh, environmentally friendly. So it cleans up after itself. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I think bed is for sure the weirdest place. I mean, they are they do just crop up everywhere. I think because it's such a like out of the door, you grab it and then you just go about your day and never use it. And then it just remains there. So you could be in Copenhagen, you know, and then you're just like, oh, cool. Too bad. It's, like a, <laughs> yeah. it's a sense of realism you don't get with other pet owners. You know what I mean? No. It you back down to earth. It does make you wonder about airport security as well, if you've got a Denmark with exactly. like a, a bag in your pocket that <laughs> could, have, could take anything. Yeah. yeah, what are you doing with that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what a weird question, though. Why would you... <laughs> no, this isn't weird at all. This is a solid yeah. stuff. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, I was I calculated this question very well. But no, there, there is a lot of things we should get into. And we're, as Sean introduced you there, I mean, there's a lot of excitement and hype around you at the moment, releasing your debut album. This period is still being introduced to a lot of new listeners going on tours, supporting bands. But I've seen in like the press, there's been a lot of different ways people have described you. But something that comes up a lot is kind of slacker pop queen. Listening to your music, it has a lot of indie elements, but it feels more that you have a alternative emo mindset on it all as well. How would you really describe yourself and your songwriting and just your evolution in making music so far? Yeah, I think like genre-wise, it's sort of ever-evolving. And I don't necessarily like want to pick a place and stay there. And I think when I did first start, I was definitely more like indie, slacker pop. But I think as time has gone on, I'm very much 
wanting to lean into like the rock world yeah that whole like emo pop punk thing is kind of like I think where I'm heading to a degree and I think I've the thing is when you're like 24 and you're still listening to Green Day there comes a point where you're like what am I doing but it's amazing because I've I've had this phase quite late in my life. Like normally kids are like 15 and they're like, Weezer's the best band in the world. And I'm 24 and I'm like, Weezer's the best band in the world. So I'm having my sort of like teenage, like fan, like I'm in that sort of 15 year old boy phase as a 24 year old woman. And I think that's the sort of funny juxtaposition about what I'm trying to achieve right now. Well, I'm yeah, I'm much older than that, and yeah. I'm still I'm still in my fifteen year old new metal yeah. biscuit phase, as you can exactly. see from my t shirt. Like, I'm late to the party, but I'm I'm happy with that, and I'm I'm happy to wave that flag for sure. Yeah, never grow up. That's the um, that's the trick. Yeah, if you don't grow up, if you keep listening to childish, oh, I can't believe I just called Limp Biscuit uh-huh. childish. Take, take that, Fred and Lee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, I still listen to music I listened to when I was like 16 and stuff. And I, yeah. uh, that's my, that's my thing of eternal youth, I think, is if you just don't, if you refuse to grow up and just listen to music like that, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> exactly. You're fine. Exactly. Nothing can go wrong. You mentioned Weezer there being your favorite band and getting into this kind of music a little later on. Was there a moment that that kind of switch flipped for you that you found this alternative world? Yeah. So I didn't like grow up like really loving alternative music. I grew up like driving to school with my mum playing like Mika. I was not like, I did not come from like a musical background at all. But like I was just listening to whatever was on Capital FM until I was probably like 16. And then I like picked up a guitar, went to a music college. And then before everything happened, I was playing like Elbow, Weezer, Pixies and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, what is all this stuff? I feel super cool. Um, and I think that was when I started like finding out there was this whole other world that I didn't know about. Um, cause I think when you first start writing music, your first guitar is normally like an acoustic and then you get instantly pigeonholed to being this folk singer songwriter. Cause if you're writing songs, just you and a guitar, that's all everyone kind of says it is. So I was sort of very much like, cool, that's what I am. And then I got sort of thrown in a punk band for this kind of like college project. And I was like, this is the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. Um, so you're like, yeah, went out, got a Marshall stack, you know, scared the neighbours. And then I was like, cool, this is what I want to do right now. <laughs> um, so it was very much like I just hadn't heard of it. I wasn't in that world. I was so away from thing that was that. Like none of my friends were into it. So I became very much like the odd girl on the Isle of Wight. Were you... Um- were you doing covers in that punk band or was it uh, originals? So we were doing covers and originals. Um, so the first song all I learned was kind of Pixies, obviously Debaser, um, stuff like that. And then we just wrote tons of rubbish songs called like Shit Cyclist and just... <laughs> like and it was like so stupid. Um, and I think there was like four words in the whole song. And it was just like, you oh. are... Shit cyclist. You are. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Straight you're to the point. Shit cyclist, yeah. You're a shit cyclist. I quite like yeah. Do you know what? That sounds like a hit record. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even want to add the A in. It was just, you are shit cyclist. <laughs> you are shit cyclist. Oh, even better. Yeah. Oh. Is that, um, yeah, can we expect that to be a, a B-side on uh, one of his singles? Yeah, I plan, on, I plan on getting that band at some point out and about together. 
I might support myself on tour as shit. Yeah, be so good. Oh, double bubble so as well. Good. If you're fronting yeah. it, double bubble. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah. Mm, nice. nice. But do you remember like a moment that made you want to pick up that guitar for the first time, or an alternative band, and you thought like, "What is this? This is heavy." Like what? Yeah, I think it was. It was literally when I was in college. Everyone went round and they were like, "Cool, everyone play a song that you love." I was like, people were playing like Lamb of God and stuff like that. And I'm like, what is going on? And I was like, have you heard of this guy called like George Ezra or whatever? Like literally so, my head was so commercial at that point. I'd literally never been, you know, like exposed to this sort of stuff. And I just instantly loved it. Like, but I always thought it was funny. Like I always laughed like you can't hear the word lamb of god and not laugh you know it's <laughs> there's an element of humor in it that i think is like often missed i think which i didn't sort of realize it before um and that's what i love about it um especially with bands like weezer when i first heard the blue album sort of like 10 years too late i was like this is so funny <laughs> yeah this will catch on i think people might like this <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah like yeah. this is so funny <laughs> And I just remember being like, wow, I want to do that. Like, I want to make someone feel like the way I feel right now, listening to like the Blue Album for the first time. Well, yeah, I definitely get that kind of, that vibe and that attitude from like still running. Yeah. Um, which I was listening to earlier. And I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. And um, now you've mentioned that you you love Weezer and stuff like that. I, I can kind of, I, got, I can kind of hear it in the thing. And yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant song. It's a brilliant song. Who did you do the album with? So Larry Hibbert produced the album. So he's obviously Mr. Hundred Reasons. And like the sort of running thing was if I heard about Larry Hibbert and the first thing I was like, that's really close to my name. I was like, that's weird. That's a sign. Obviously he's like my long lost father and we should definitely do this record (laughs) together. (laughs) And I think when my manager first sent him an email about me, Larry thought that um, there'd like been a, miscommunication that like maybe he spelt like Matt had spelt his name wrong or something like that because it was literally so close yeah I thought you were going to say Larry was like oh no not a child I've uh, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know I, <laughs> I tried to get rid of you 24 years ago <laughs> yeah I can't believe your mother named you so close to my own name. <laughs> um, but oh. yeah, how was working with Larry? How was working with Larry? Oh, he's such a legend. Like, he's so cool. Um, like, I've never spent so many, so long on recording guitars and it makes such a difference, you know. And he, I've worked with a few producers and, and he just seems so, like, he just gets it. Like, there was no massive conversation about what we were trying to achieve. It was like, cool, these are the songs these are all the bands that we love collectively. Like, it's obvious what we're going to do. Like, we don't need to sit and talk about it for ages. Like, we're going to make, like, a fun rock record. Let's just do it now and get everything going, get the mess of Boogie out. And it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. Well, yeah, you have. You have definitely written a very, very good record in, um... Right, how are we pronouncing this now? Are we going to pronounce it the American way or the British way? Because it's Garage Band Superstar. Yeah. Or... If we're American, it's Garage Band Superstar, which grinds my gears. So which one are you going with? I'm going with Garage Band Superstar. Ooh. And, you know, but I'll, I'll look forward to the garage. I'll look forward garage. to saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when people say, um, Jared, where you wrong? That, that's, yeah. <laughs> Gerard. Gerard? 
Gerard's in his garage? Is he yeah, exactly. writing songs? If I could hear that sentence a couple more times, that'd be, you know, that'd be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but speaking of that kind of Weezer and lyrical content that you've enjoyed, a lot of your lyrics I've noticed so far are quite turn in cheek and there's some self-awareness humor involved in all that and i think with songwriting a lot of people like to kind of interpret lyrics for themselves what the song's about but it's, it's kind of straightforward with you that you are making jokes of people you are telling stories is that something early on when writing that you just kind of wanted to delay and put in your music yeah i don't think it was ever really like a conscious thought i think that's just sort of how i am as a person i'm quite dry and you know I don't take myself too seriously and you know I cover a lot of whatever I feel up in sort of some dark comedy and I think that's just because that's how I am that's how I write it's never been like a conscious effort I think it's just yeah the way I feel about stuff demonstrated like that it's never really been something I've thought about too much. Hmm. With those lyrics is, is there any in particular that have really made you laugh and they're very kind of proud that you have in the song that you maybe couldn't get away with writing other music yeah definitely i think on the record there's a track called average joe and that's just kind of like me like really honing in on just the average male um to like a serious degree where he's sort of like taking pictures of his car um you know what i mean <laughs> watching loads yeah. of Netflix originals, but then getting high on the weekend and, and all of that sort of thing. It's just paint. I love painting a picture of a, of a character and taking it so far to an extreme where, you know, all of these normal things sound absolutely like ludicrous. And I think in songs like that, that's what I really feel like I've kind of done what I wanted to do and really sort of bring a normal bloke down. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have every right to. Um, yeah. But on the flip side of that, is there being anything you've written and gone, ooh, maybe this is a bit too far, or is that just kind of not being aware of you? You, you want to push the envelope with these kind of things? Yeah, I think there are, there's points, I think, when I've sent songs to, you know, management and that kind of thing, and they're like, ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And they sort of end up on the maybe part. And I think that maybe part starts the second album. You know, everything oh. everyone's a bit like, maybe that was too far, I think, is, is where, I, where I will go next. I think I've sort of weaned my way in with the, okay. the just so far. Well, how much, how much of it was written in Garage Band, Garage Band? Well, I think the funny thing is, is that it's the only sort of software that I know how to use um, because I'm a bit of a technophobe. So, like, when I do right like that is sort of my go-to which is so funny because it's you know like it's not cool it's not you know like oh my god I went and learned Pro Tools look at me go look at me fly look at these XLRs like it's literally so stupid and I think that's the sort of the humor in it and I do feel like a superstar in my own right when I'm demoing my funny songs on GarageBand and that's sort of how it all came about. Well, I've noticed you've mentioned a few times that you kind of feel this like larger than life lifestyle when writing these songs in your bedroom or whatever. But outside of it, you kind of realize that you're just normal and that these songs are just a kind of a, a side thing. But like, is there a creative mindset for you that, that takes you away from reality? Like, how do you kind of get in the zone for that feeling? Yeah, I think it normally comes from like 
being on my own, like living on my own. I'm very much in my own head and I'm very much always, I, I guess I'm very selfish in a sense that I'm always thinking about myself. And I think we all are to a degree because we're all the only voice like, in our head. So we're all seeing it from our perspective. So I'm very much like I leave the house and talk to other people and I'm like, oh, I'm literally so normal. Like it's so funny and it's so weird that when I'm like by myself at home, I create this weird world like for me. But actually, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, there's Lauren. Like, it's literally not. not (laughs) (laughs) But in my head, I am. And that's sort of like, I think, when I get into like that writing zone and frame of mind is when I am, like, I've had a lot of time by myself to really sort of, you know, get in my own head and like devise this version of myself that I think I am. And then I leave the house and I'm just so not that person. Hmm. So what what is what is your writing personality like then? How different are you in writing mode than when you leave the house? I'm just like so confident like when I'm writing. I think it's everything I'd want to be. And then you put me in that real life situation. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, that's all good. Thanks. Yeah, see, see you soon. <laughs> like really polite. Like someone's like, can you move out the fucking way? And I'm like, yes, of course. Absolutely. I'll move out the fucking way. <laughs> so very much like, yeah, I'm just very awkward in real life. <laughs> and what in the house you're just shouting around the logics just saying like i'm yeah. a superstar i'm writing songs yeah. get out of my way yeah exactly that's sort of my persona at home yeah i think that's the best way to be though i think yeah because yeah when my old band was doing it all right i think a lot of the people would be like oh he's awfully confident for somebody with absolutely no talent whatsoever <laughs> and that's literally just when i'm in that mode i could just switch to be like right it's performing now. Here we go. <laughs> Overly confident. Can't hit a note. Here we go. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. But yeah, so yeah, don't ever think that you're alone in doing that or you're strange for doing that. Because I, I imagine the majority of people in bands probably like do that. that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course. You can't be like that all the time. Like, you, you can't go around your nans for a roast and, and give her all that spiel. She won't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Russell Brand never takes a day off. Oh, I... No, I don't. Yeah, he's permanently on. He did one too many bumps in the early 2000s, and now he's constantly flying, I think. Yeah, fair enough to him. Uh, But speaking of this record, um, there is obviously two very noteworthy features that we have to talk about. I'm on it! Am I on it? (laughs) Oh, what's not for? Oh, sorry. Um, oh, um, no, not that, mate, I was thinking album two, if you're cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll see how this one does. And I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I would bide your time. I would bide your time. This is very much <laughs> to go either way at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the one, yes, on. one we have to bring up first is, of course, you have the iconic DJ Lethal from yeah. Unbelievable. Now, obviously, people listening to this know how much of Olympus fan Sean is. So um I think I can speak for him when I say how. Don't Oh oh I got an idea. Never fucking speak for me more. No. Right? Okay. For a fair. start. You know reel that in. Lauren, I got a question. How did that come about? <laughs> that was so much better com- coming from you. I appreciate you saying well, you know, Oh yeah. wow. She turned on both of us She turned us against each other as yeah. well. <laughs> fucking hell. This is the worst one we've ever done. This isn't yeah. one out. Anyway, <laughs> how did um yeah how did you get uh, DJ Lethal? Yeah, so the, on the demo of the track, there was just this sort of like really sketchy scratching stuff, all sort of like free sound, nothing notable. But when we were recording the track, we really noticed that 
that kind of scratching element was missing. And we were like, we'd really cool if we got someone in to do this properly live recorded it. We were like, yeah, great. We were literally down the pub, a pub called The White Horse in Brixton. And there was some guy doing it in there. And we were like, should we ask him? Literally like super casual. Like we could ask this bloke just to do it. Um, and then Larry was like, oh, how cool would it be if we had DJ Leaf on? And I was like, stop it. I was like, stop. Don't even utter those words to me. <laughs> and then, yeah, we sat in the White Swan. I messaged him on Instagram, messaged him about to the track. And I was like, I like you so much. <laughs> it would be so cool if you wanted to do this for not much money. Um, would you consider this? It was like the worst awkward message ever. And then he left me unread for two days. It was very painful. But then one, the next day in the studio, I was on my phone and I saw DJ Deeple was typing like dot, dot, dot. You know, it comes up like that. And we were all just like, Coward on my phone, like, oh my god, oh my god. Oh He's my about god. to bring it on. He's about to bring it on. Yeah, He's about like, to bring it on. Be, gonna be? Like, the fact that he was even typing, it was literally making us like sweat. And then he came back and he like wrote the l- nicest message ever. And he was like, I love the track. I definitely want to do it. Like, send me the thing. Send, like, send me the back. And we were like, oh my god, we were literally so buzzing. Like, we were literally jumping around. Like, it was amazing. We were so excited. That's- that's awesome because yeah. I've messaged Fred Durst a good few times now and he's <laughs> yeah. read them all. He's yes. read them all and um, he only ever replies with some sort of lightning signal. I don't know, right. a lightning okay. energy. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I sent I sent him a message saying, please come on my podcast. Everything I have is because of you <laughs> and my love for you. Um, honestly, I won't talk about anything you don't want to talk about. It will literally be me rimming you for an hour, yeah. I said to him. And he has... Go- he has not got back to me. So um, <laughs> congratulations to you Thank on that. Thank you. Yeah, I was I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not jealous at all. And I'm not going to do exactly what you did to see if I can get him on my new band songs. So we'll see what happens. I'll write that down. Message. I can, I can slide in a good word if you'd appreciate Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but like even during the track, you get to kind of scream DJ D4 with a little bit of reverb and everything as well, which just must be like a f- mad full circle moment for you being able to have that on one of your songs and then have him scratch. I'd say that me seeing DJ Lethal was probably took the longest of all things that we did <laughs> because I couldn't believe it. I could not stop laughing like the whole time. I was like, this is so mad that we're doing this and it's not a joke. Like, this is so mad. Um, yeah, it was probably the, I felt like as soon as we like got DJ fine track, I was like, I'm fine. I instantly relaxed. Like the whole album process for me became, this is fine. It like, DJ Lethal makes this whole thing more than fine. I was like, I can chill now. Like, sweet, I'm done. <laughs> well, yeah, when I when I heard you do the DJ Lethal, I um, my instant thought was, does he make everybody? Like, is that his thing? Is he like, you've got to name me. Like, I'll do it, but you have to shout my name at some point. Was that you know in the contract I, role? I actually asked him if I could do it because ah. I I was like, do you mind if I just be like, is it okay if I say your name? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, of course. And so I was like, yes. Straight That's in the class. vocal like going mad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, well, that definitely helps the album process where you've got DJ Lethal featuring on a track. But as well, there's another kind of legend with the never-aging teenage dirtbag himself, Mr. Triple B from yeah. Wheatus. I mean, yeah. like... Talk to us about that, because the other side of your kind of musical journey, that must have been like a, a mad collaboration for you to do as well. 
Yeah, 100%. I think what happened was I got really confident for a minute on Instagram. Like, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you pull something off, like, DJ Lee, you're like, why stop now? Why stop now? Like, <laughs> let's see how far we can go. Like, I'm going to get two pack. Yeah, oh, oh, no. yeah, too confident, too confident. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, who could who could I hit up next? So obviously, I am a Wheaties fan. Beyond Teenage Dirtbag, you know, I absolutely love that record. I think there's so many Wheaties influences in the way I write. They're so funny. Um, and yeah, I was like, when this whole Garage Band, when I decided to name the album after the track on the album Garage Band Superstar, that was probably my most Wheaties influenced track. Um, and I kind of always had this like male vocal on it. And I was like, here we go. Let's try Brendan. Let's see, like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, and he came back and it was a bit of a longer process, but he heard the track. Um, and again, he liked it and he, and he wanted to do it. And I was literally like, what is going on? Why did I not do this before? I could just start messaging people right now. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was all very much like just me messaging on Instagram praying hoping for the best was there anybody was there anybody else that you um hit up in your overconfident mood <laughs> i did i did try i did try my luck with weezer but not this time not oh, this time okay. <laughs> next one okay. it's the next actually it'll probably be me and um you and rivers yeah <laughs> yeah me and rivers on the next one i look forward to that yeah nice <laughs> But I mean, like, obviously, there's like when you're releasing a debut album, that's such a massive deal for any artist, anyway. But the fact that you have a member of Limp Biscuit and a member of Wheatus on the record must just make you even more excited. And because, especially the polar opposites of those collaborations, I'm sure there's a lot of people going to be checking you out for the first time, seeing the track list, and going, "What's going on there?" Yeah, and I think that's always what I wanted. I, I. You know, I'm still like growing a lot as an artist. And I think I, you know, I wanted to latch onto these people and, you know, their fan bases and be like, and I wanted to show everyone that that's the sort of record I want to make. That This is what I listen to. And they may not be your heroes, but they're my heroes. And it's a massive deal for me to have them on the record. It's so exciting. And it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's not cool at all. But in my world, that's literally the coolest thing that's ever happened. So, yeah. And I think, yeah, that's what the whole message of the record is. And, and it's it's perfect that they're featuring. Yeah, no, of course. And it's lovely to see your enthusiasm and excitement for everything. And as I've, as I've mentioned, you know, a lot of people will be listening to you for the first time, but you have had a busy career these last few years in the industry, releasing EPs and touring with a lot of different artists. Is there anything you've taken away from your experiences so far that's been like a giant learning curve or just made you realize certain things about the music industry? I mean... What comes to mind when you look at your experiences so far? I think touring is where I've learned the most. And I think going out on support tours with bands like Stand Atlantic, The Regrets, um, people like that, you really learn a lot about like live performance. And I think that's what I enjoy doing the most. And I wouldn't sort of do all of this if I couldn't go out and play it live. So I think that's where I've learned the most. And I think that's where you, you still pick people up. I mean, social media is cool and, fun and making TikToks are a joke but I think going out and meeting people and having people watch you play is still the most effective way to like show every, anyone what you do so that's definitely what I've learned the most and what I want to do the most in my career is just live as much as possible yeah how, how was that Stan Atlantic tour we're good friends with 
Bon and Mickey, they've been on the podcast a lot. Mickey yeah. takes the piss out of us on Instagram quite a, a, a lot, actually. So I'm I'm sure that's just a, yeah, you, a, a yeah, great you say friends, you say friends. It's more of a <laughs> it's more of a bullying relationship coming from him. Yeah. No, it was so much fun. Um those guys are sick. Um I actually played one of their songs with them each night and it got sort of more and more mental each time <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um so yeah, no, it was sick. And I actually I feel quite bad because I always have this tour curse that goes on with me and I like can never successfully finish a tour without something absolutely like like it getting cancelled or my gear getting stolen or something always happens to me. Like I can laugh about it now. Um, oh, I know that feeling. Like, yeah, I know yeah. that feeling. Oh. <laughs> but on like the last day of um, the stand tour, like everyone got COVID basically. So it's like, cool. Uh, and they're all like, this is your fault. Because I mentioned like the tour. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I made it. Last day of the tour. We rocked up to the venue and they were like, show's not going ahead. And it's your oh, fault. <laughs> shit. What's some of the other tour curses you've had over uh, over the years? Yeah, so I got out to Europe with Hippocampus and The Regrets and both those tours got cancelled like midway through Europe due to like illness and things like that. And then I was on a tour with The Vamps, funnily enough, and all our gear got stolen the night we played The Apollo, which was so oh. cool. So, But we still actually finished that tour, which is so weird. But um, yeah, something always, always happened to me like on a tour. So I did tell them about the curse of me. I was like, before you take me out, you should probably know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got an idea. Definitely make sure your booking agent doesn't send that out yeah. like, with the offers. Yeah. Like, hey, she'd love to support you, but hey, somebody might die in your crew. Exactly. Like, ah! not me, I'm giving you the warning. Like, sorry if someone goes missing. Like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying she's a murderer, but things yeah. do tend to oh, yeah, happen when she's on tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh. oh, on this podcast, one thing we do like to talk to our guests about is just kind of surreal moments they've had so far in your career. And I, you know, you've mentioned a lot of mad things that's happened already. But is there like anyone you've met along the way, or just a certain moment that really stands out to you that you kind of can translate and tell some of your like friends from school or family members or just something you're really really proud of yeah i think there's been like a few notable things i think definitely playing like some bucket list festivals like playing glastonbury playing Reading. it's the sort of thing that makes like you know people that don't really understand what you do and you've always got that member of your family that's a bit like "Mm, how's it going and then you can say something to them and even they go like oh i know what that means like that um so i guess it's things like that that sort of translate over to the mainstream where kind of people start believing that what you're doing isn't just a funny little funny little band anymore it's actually something that you're taking kind of seriously so i think yeah playing festivals like that i think having features like are on this record um but i think personal moments i think um, when all our gear got stolen the night of the Vamps gig, I think playing that with just a tuner and someone's random guitar was probably the coolest thing to me that I feel like we've managed to pull off. Well, yeah, there's there's nothing more punk rock than that, surely. You've just turned up, fuck it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it was like so like cool. We've got absolutely nothing, but whatever, we're here, so let's just do it anyway. Um, and I think stuff like that, I'm like, oh, cool. When I think about how that I actually did that, I was like, that's mental. Because like right now at home, thinking about that makes my palms clam the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you well, with that at all. Is there, any, is there any heroes then that you are looking to meet in the future? Or um, I'd say always meet your heroes, right? Because I've yeah. been lucky enough to have met all mine and they've all Same. been fucking lovely, right? Um, 
all the dicks, all the dicks I've met seem to be in <laughs> shit. We're always in shit or smaller bands, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you get a chance, meet your heroes. And yeah, who would you, who are some of your heroes that you'd like to meet or play with? Put it out there now and we're manifesting. And we're manifesting yeah. life, yeah. <laughs> life. <laughs> I would absolutely obviously love to meet um, Rivers from Weezer. Mm. I've been on his back for so long. He prob- he definitely knows me as that like weird girl that doesn't leave him alone and go see like every avenue. So I'd like to just be like, so sorry about all of that. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, I'd love to like meet and like write with Phoebe Bridges. I think she's so nice. awesome. She's super cool. There's so many. It's hard to like whittle it down to like such a small amount of people but yeah i think to be able to meet um fred durst would be oh. unbelievable um obviously we couldn't do that without you could i like we'd have to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's sh- he's sh- so what he's shorter than you expect he's yeah. shorter than you expect 100 percent. and yeah there's i just freak out about seeing anyone like i remember i saw you know lord sugar i saw him outside of like a co-op once i'd not even <laughs> And I literally, <laughs> I literally nearly had like a panic attack because I, if I see anyone that's like famous, I freak out. So <laughs> I also saw, um, who's that dude from Game of Thrones, Jon Snow? I saw him in a prayer. I saw him in a prayer and I literally lost. I made him so uncomfortable, I think. So I also, I don't want to meet these people because I know I'd have a negative effect on their lives. But <laughs> yeah, I'm up for I'm up for whoever would sit down with me. I'd sit down with them. But also, that's two mad celebrities to bump into in two mad establishments. Like, what's what's Sugar doing in a co-op? He was actually um, outside. I don't know if like he was just outside one. Um, oh. Yeah. Just hangs about outside the yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he'd gone to get some money out inside. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, sugar. <laughs> he didn't even look at me, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, mm. I don't know if I'd, have to atta- if I'd have to attack him on site, I think. You'd I don't have know. to, I think. Yeah, it, it's a knee-jerk reaction. You, you can't explain it. Yeah, not in a good way, though. I think I'd have to <laughs> forearm him until he's unconscious, I was yeah. thinking, because I... I just dislike him. Yeah, John Snow's awesome. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm chuffed with John I'm just getting angry thinking about seeing Alan Sugar in my hometown now. Get out of America. You're not he welcome. Ordered, like, he ordered like a black Americano or something. And then like the girl behind the till was like, white Americano? And he pulled down his mask and he said, no, I ordered a black Americano. And I was like, I was so dramatic I literally made that noise in his ear and I was like oh my god hi (laughs) (laughs) you can just tell he was like please no please no please no (laughs) I just you know I'm I'm glad you're doing that though I mean I I would I would advise anyone to this kind of have these random moments with people go for it yeah Yeah. why not why not exactly well, one thing I did want to mention was I've noticed um, just really like listening to the album and your lyrics and some other things you've mentioned in the past is that a normal theme you've had is trying not to compare yourself to other people in terms of what's going on in music or just social media and that kind of living that kind of fake lifestyle. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people, especially now, are struggling with and just kind of thinking that they don't live up to other people's expectations of themselves or what other people are doing online etc is there any advice you would give on things you've done to kind of separate yourself from that and and ground yourself and come back to reality 
Yeah, I think like when I, because it happens to everyone, I think, especially like the younger generation who have grown up with that being so like prominent in their lives. I think the only thing that I would say sort of being at the tail end of that is like, I think about like when I'm literally on my deathbed, am I going to be thinking about how many people like my picture on Instagram? Am I going to be thinking about what Spotify lists I got and all that kind of stuff? And it all feels great at the time and it and it is cool. But it ultimately doesn't define you as a human being and it doesn't you know really me- you know mean that what someone else is doing who gets all that stuff is is better than what you're doing who maybe doesn't get that stuff and everyone's got a different you know I don't want to use the word journey but journey and like I think yeah you've just got to sort of do that thing that I do and live at home by yourself and just live in your own head and think that you're the best person ever for that 12 hours and then go out and be like oh I'm not. Have you you noticed like a massive difference in your mental health from taking those steps? I think so. And like, don't get me wrong, there's still times where I'm like, oh my God, like I wish I was doing that. And it's, it's so easy to sink back into that hole and go on your phone. And there's just, there's too much like, you know, but also there's so many bands and artists in the world. There's, there's never a shortage of upcoming bands. So I think if you're making small steps and, and you've got, you know, if you're getting these little wins, that's kind of more than mine. And I kind of feel like sort of 16 year old me would be really excited about what I'm doing now. So I try and like not be ungrateful or like, you know, want too much because the goalposts always move. So I think it's cool to like appreciate what you've actually done so far. Right on. Well said. And as we're recording this, you have such a busy summer coming up with a load of festivals, including 2000 Trees, which we're very excited about. Um, I'm sure that that's just going to be a kind of experience in itself, a life in itself, just getting to go around and, and see so many people up close and personal. Definitely. I think because of the pandemic as well, this will be the first summer where you get like a full run of festivals. So I'm really excited to get back into that because um, I love festivals. I think they're great for like finding new talent and stuff like that. So hopefully people will accidentally walk past me and go, huh, what's that? And then walk over with their warm posters and go, yeah, she ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Did she just, did she just do a 2001 reference to uh, Limp Bizkit? Did she just shout DJ Lethal? That's clear. Are you, wait, are you going to have a live DJ? Have you got a live DJ? No, but I want one so bad. (laughs) Me too. I need one for my band as well. I need one for my band because it's, that's the thing. I fucking, I, like, I've always loved Limp Bizkit, right? It's never died. My passion, they had a wave, right, of, oh, they were super cool, and then everybody hated them. Never happened for me, right? Yeah, you were the constant. Yeah, I was the one, I was probably the one keeping them alive. I was the one who was buying results may vary when nobody else was. <laughs> and yeah, I've always wanted a live DJ, and they just seem to have disappeared. I cannot find, there's nobody, there's nobody about anywhere. I wonder if that's because of digital. Like, everyone's moved to, like, CDJs and stuff like that. Because I know... I know lethal setup is like an old twelve ten deck, um, and an old um, sampler and stuff. So yeah, I wonder if DJs have disappeared because everybody's on CDs and MP3s now. I think so. That's sad. We need to bring them back. So yeah, if anybody's listening to this and is <laughs> yeah. a scratch DJ, please get in touch with the podcast at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Because um, I'd like you to be involved um, with stuff I've got going on. And if you're good enough, maybe um, Lauren can employ you as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, check, 
get in touch with us. Let's find out because budgets we need budgets more are low. So you, you just, I'd say not out that budgets are low for me. So if you could do it at sort of a starting rate as well, that'd be awesome. But you, you can pay them in laughter. You can pay them in laughter. I'm sure. True. Yeah. yeah. And the tour being cancelled towards the end. So, yeah. <laughs> the good thing with me is they'll never have to finish at all. So I'm in the yeah. way, of course. Yeah. Hey, if it says on the schedule we're out for two weeks, you've got 10 days and then yeah. you're all. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's why uh, I get to do with just paying the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wow. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of scratch DJs, if they still exist, right? They will literally probably just do it for nothing now, just because like, it's so, like a, yeah. it's almost like a it's almost like a lost art, like it a lost is, talent. Yeah. yeah, it's like people playing old instruments and nobody plays anymore. Ah, oh, that's sad to think. The DJs are like <laughs> <laughs> nearly obsolete. Never, <laughs> never in my mind, never in my mind or my heart will DJs be obsolete. <laughs> You're all out. Listen to this. I know how many scratch <laughs> DJs listen to our podcast every week. It's loads, right? You will always have a place in my heart, right? So Scratch <laughs> DJ lives on in my heart. I think it will come back around. It will definitely come back around. If people wear in flared jeans again, there's there's time for Scratch DJs to rejoice, 100%. Yeah, that, that's very true. And flared jeans are, are everywhere at the moment. But I just like the thought of one very angry Scratch DJ listening to this now going, I can't believe they're saying this about my... Um, <laughs> yeah. my I'm not absolutely yeah oh fantastic well Lauren um, just a couple more quick things now um, as we kind of wind down I've absolutely loved hearing all these stories and your insight into everything but with this new record coming out what's like three things that you want people to take away from it in terms of either lyrics and just feels anything when people listen to this debut record what do you want them to take away with i kind of want them to you know relate to it obviously i think people obviously take things in lots and lots of different ways and that's great but i'd love just for other people to be like do you know what i'm so glad someone said it because it's that thing that no one says but i feel all the time so i think it's that for sure um also i want them to laugh too. that's always fun I'll be like who would write that that's not okay um and then thirdly i'd like them to go yeah that's good i'd pay 15 pounds for that or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> what are, yeah what are prices on albums <laughs> I, yeah i didn't know what it was so i just said 15 pounds i have no idea no, you've woken me up to realise that I yeah. literally don't know how much an album costs anymore. Uh, it's, it's, it's scary looking at vinyl prices for some bands because some bands will charge between like 15 and 40 quid and then it's a bit like... Maybe you can I, charge 40 maybe quid for a vinyl nowadays. You yeah, can, yeah. Oh, I'm going to put some blanks out. Fuck this shit. 40 quid for a vinyl. Oh. I'd want it to come with a record player. It'd have to play itself for 40 yeah. quid. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, well, before you go, Lauren, um, because obviously you're very, very, I believe you're very funny. Is there any, um, have you got any like favourite comedians or anything? Favourite comedians? That's a good question. Um, do you know what? Not massively in terms of like no straight up ones, but I love this TV show called Staff Let's Flats with like Jamie and Tash Dimitri. Um, I think they are so funny, um, especially Tash Dimitri. She has some unbelievable footage on YouTube Her dressed up as different characters she's very dry um so yeah i'm feeling that 
massively. I've also started watching that Nathan for you. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen that. No, no. I don't know what his second name is, but it's this guy that goes into like rescue businesses. He's like a parody guy and he'll be like, okay, so for your pizza business, that's like not doing very well right now. You should um, offer like, if, if you haven't delivered in eight minutes, offer a free pizza and the free pizza is literally like this big. It's so small. <laughs> and like they just film this delivery guy going around like with the, and they're like, Yeah, you would you took like twenty minutes, you're obviously late. And he's like, Oh yeah. And then he gets out this tiny little <laughs> And like you get some like proper blokes like literally punching this guy or like women laughing. It's just super funny. He's just I like nice. Wow. Have you seen um have you seen Bo Burnham inside? No, I haven't actually. Watch it on Netflix. It's fantastic. I am. Bo Burnham should start paying me for PR. I you, think, because you, you do like to mention him to a lot of people. I think more people yeah. found out about Bo Burnham through you than they have Netflix. <laughs> Bo, I know you listen every week, right? You're a massive fan of this, obviously. Um, come on the podcast, you uh, miserable, hidden away motherfucker. Um, Why don't you yes. just message him on Instagram? <laughs> I have. No, I have. I have. <laughs> The day it came out, I watched Inside, I laughed, I cried, I laughed again, right? It's literally, there's a bit in there where he talks about, think he's thinking about killing himself while recording a comedy special. So okay, keep yeah. that in mind when you're watching it. But I literally met him the day after saying, thank you so much for this. It it explains so much about who I am inside as well. Um, and I hope that you are alive because, yeah, at the end you're a bit like, oh, no, oh, no. But yeah, check it out. It won a Grammy the other day for a song on it, and it's fucking fantastic. So okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you must. And then I want to, I want a full review. Well, you don't have to do a full review, but yeah, just to, just send at something pod. Yes, that was good. Or fuck off. I'm never taking any um, recommendations <laughs> of you pricks again. <laughs> okay, that's something I can definitely do. <laughs> oh, there we go. We we look forward to that. But with everything. Uh, mentioned during obviously new album comes out on august the 19th but is there anything else you'd like to plug talk about just kind of get the information out there please please do i think just pre-order the album come see me on tour laugh at me on twitter and don't take yourself too seriously beautiful well thank you so much for taking the time we've enjoyed thank this conversation a lot super fun Oh, pleasure, oh, pleasure. Good. Thank you. We're excited to see you at 2000 Trees and catch you soon. 100%. See you there. Sweet. Thank you. Bye. Yes, that Woo! was the wonderful Lauren Hibbard on this week's episode of Sampling Podcast. The music is fantastic. It's pop, rock, quirky, funky, indie. Uh, it's a mixture of everything. She's wonderful. She's got a fantastic personality. I was surprised to learn she lives on the Isle of Wight, so um, she's also uh, probably not paying any tax, so that's class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just make, you're just making bold statements here. But no, surely, no, but we absolutely loved having her on. There's so much hype around her at the moment, and it's well-deserved. She's absolutely killing it with her music, and it's just so refreshing to see a larger-than-life personality like this in the music industry, Taking, not taking themselves too seriously, but doing a great job of just bringing a lot of comedy and larger than life lifestyle into the scene and, and everything around it. And of course, she's being extremely busy around the release of this new record. This week, she's put out her new single, Step Mum, 
which is available on all, all streaming platforms now. She's announced a UK headline tour for September 2022, and she's even had a track feature in the popular Netflix series Heartstopper, which a lot of people are talking about. So she's everywhere, and I think you have to get used to that because she's going to be even more places as time goes on. If there is a god, she'll do very, very well, I believe. So if she doesn't know, that's not my fault. Uh, but yeah, she is an absolute superstar. Um, I believe she will do very, very well. I cannot wait to see her become Britain's biggest act, maybe. And then um, <laughs> and then she'll owe everything to us. So Lauren, if you're listening, ha ha ha, get ready because we're coming for 15% in the future. Oh, I can't wait for that. That'll be, that'll be a good payday. But as well, like having DJ Lethal feature, Bending Breedbound, of Wheatus, like these are some mad collaborations. I love the fact that she sorted them for Instagram, and uh, yeah, she's killing it, absolutely killing it. I'm excited to see her play live at 2000 Trees Festival this summer. Of course, if you want 10% off your tickets, head over to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. Use the promo code SAPNIN for 10% off all tickets, weekend, VIP, whatever you want. You get a little discount for listening to this episode. A great, great lineup. Check out the website for the full listing. Uh, Young Guns, Nova Twings, Boston Manor, Yumi at Six, Jimmy at World for Kobe. The list goes on. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Before we go on, Sean, I wanted to give a quick shout out to some other bands this week. Uh, Stand Atlantic have been mentioned throughout this episode. Never heard of them. You, Never we're friends with them. We've, they've been on before. We're friends with them. All right, yeah, carry on it. <laughs> well, their new album, Fear, was released last week. I've been listening to it uh, a lot the past seven days. A lot of good, good songs. So I encourage everyone to check that out. Ooh. And this week, I went to see Soft Cult uh, live on their debut UK tour. Soft Cult. Soft Cult. Oh, with an N. All right, yeah, carry on. On their debut UK tour and had a fabulous time um, catching up. <laughs> with them uh if you li- if you like stan atlantic long hibbert i think you'd enjoy them as well and today state champs released a new album so a lot of new music to sink your teeth into after this episode and if you if you want to know more about new music going on uh head over to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapning where every month we're going to be putting up a exclusive playlist of tracks that we're checking out New music from previous artists, who we think you would like. And there's a lot of bonus features on there from extra podcasts, videos, and you get in- included into a wonderful community of people we love very, very, very much. Yes, yes. Please do that. Patreon.com forward slash something. Like the boy said. Also, uh, what's going on this week? Well, today, when this comes out, this is Friday the 13th, mind. <sighs> oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we should have had Freddy Krueger on, really, shouldn't we? Um, no, we should have, really. I much prefer to look at Lauren, so um, he was <laughs> fantastic and much more fun than Freddy Krueger, I'd imagine, because he just yeah, wants I, to kill people. Um, I don't think he'd be a good chat. Yes, Friday the 13th. Tonight, I am DJing in Nottingham at Percy Picklebackers. I might have made that last bit up, but check it <laughs> Is out. Is that a real venue? Are you making that bro, up? I am fucking... I read Percy Pickle something. I don't know. I thought you were going to say Percy Pig's Pickle Problems. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Percy Pig's Pepper Pig's Pervert um, Prostate <laughs> Exam. That's what I'm going to be um, tonight, uh, May the 13th. Um, what other news is there? 
next weekend then I believe I will be at <laughs> <laughs> sorry for laugh yeah, nice laugh here La- Morgan's laughing so I pulled the face because I'm shit the dates I'm going to be DJing at the My Chemical Romance shows in Milton Keynes at the MK Don's Stadium on the Saturday and Sunday I cannot wait for that that's going to be fun I hope please come along and get there early and come and dance to some songs and then the weekend after that I think I'm going to go and see Glassjaw on the Friday with um, our good friend Johnny Phillips. Saturday, then, I'm going to be in Cardiff at Sapphire Gardens to watch my chemical romance again. But then I'm DJing a team-up after at Kong's. So, a lot of stuff going on. Check out both of our socials. Uh, my Twitter is at SeanSmithSucks, and my Instagram is at FakeSeanSmith. There'll be more information about where I'm DJing and everything i got going on, including my terrible band that nobody gives a fuck about. Also, check out Morgan's socials at mhrichards underscore on both Twitter mm-hmm. and Facebook. And, and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why you said fucking Facebook. I, just, I, I had like a man stroke in the middle of that. And, oh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah, because Morgan is professional, both of those names at mhrichards underscore. And then I've got two that I can't get verified on because they're making fun <laughs> of me myself. Yeah, so. it's... It's worth following us and us and the Sapling pages just to see what we get up to on the daily in our busy lives, going to gigs and just behind the scenes content of this podcast. And if you want even more, again, please check out patreon.com forward slash Sapling for the best way to support us if you've enjoyed this episode. The community in there are full of people that we love dearly. We love everyone who's ever supported us anyway. And if you're listening to this, we super appreciate you. But the Patreon helps us make this podcast each and every week. So we need to say a massive thank you to loads of names. If you head to the description, there's a bunch there. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapman Podcast Patreon community. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Modern Talking, Leeway, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Mitch Perry, Dilly, I thought this was OnlyFans, Grimwood, Kelly Young, 
Kelly Ewan, Nathan Croshaw, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnova, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Six Guns Scotty, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Alexandra Pemblinton, Stuart, not Clive, despite being old enough, McNaught, Tom Owen, Caroline Robinson, Chris Hour, Joe Ackland, M. Evans Robert, Jacob Hetherington, Kate Puttock, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, John Smith, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Kelly Cannon, Jason Aredia, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Adam King of the Goths Parslow, Kalila Keen, John Smith, 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 John. Josh, what do you call a Mexican Jedi? Obi Juan Kenobi Crisp, Alice Wood, Reese Bowling, and last by no means least, the mighty Kate Stevenson. Also, I'd like to say I'm not sure if Kate Stevenson is mighty. I just said that. Uh, maybe she is mighty. I don't know. I've never seen a fight. Uh, she must be powerful for being a patron. I think all our patrons are powerful. And beautiful. Wonderful, well. Don't forget beautiful. Beautiful. Supercalifragilistic espialidocious, even though some of it is simply quite atrocious and magical. Just trying to think of words. There's going to be a lot of listeners, right? There's going to be a lot of listeners who listen to us, right, almost weekly, right, that are going to be like, fair play to Shona Morgan. They fuck loads of words up every week, right, to a deadline on this podcast. And then oh, yeah. Morgan's just ripped out supercalifragilistic expialidocious with absolutely no problems. That's mad. <laughs> oh, we learn. We learn. But the, the, anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a wonderful episode. It's been great to know, Lauren. Uh, it's been a very emotional week, so thank you for sticking with us. We love you all very, very much. Please remember that. And we will be back each and every Friday with a new guest getting insight into silly, silly things about music and beyond. And next week, big number. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two next week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking nice one. I'm gonna be sitting on my DeLong chairs. DeLong chairs, long chairs, long. Anyway, episode one two next week. Guess who the guests are? I bet you don't. <laughs> Get at you us at Tapping yeah. Pod on Twitter and Instagram to tell us who you think the guests are for next week's episode, which is episode. <laughs> one eight two. That's one hundred and eighty-two. Hmm. I won't give any more clues, right? <laughs> but if you blink, you might miss it. Oh, people are really going to be looking at all the small things you've just said. Oh, nice, nice, Morg. Do you know what? I'm feeling this. <laughs> Keep going. <sighs> Tune in next week to see what our age is again. Yeah, that one don't work. Um, <laughs> okay. That's it. Let me leave it yeah, here. Yeah, we leave it. it. Just it. leave it We've got, we gone Bye. too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> They're going to be fucking gutted next week now, innit? <laughs> you know, you know, it's a fucking fantastic lineup. It, I can't wait. Anyway, like anyway. It. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Long live Ryan Chisholm. Submit! Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.